Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be talking about 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog. Moved my studio around a little bit yesterday, so this is also kind of a test. So if it doesn't sound terrible, you're hearing this on a podcast. Um, Short version is, this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. If you have any interest in Sonic the Hedgehog at all, watch this movie. It came out a couple years ago. You've probably already seen it. I won't get too spoilery with it, but the sequel is coming out to home video next week. So I thought it was a good time for me to finally see this. Since a lot of my friends said it was good, some of my friends can't stand it. So here we go with the longer version of the review. I enjoyed it. So to preface, I'm a Nintendo kid. I started on the Atari 2600. Um, I had Nintendos for the most part, uh, Super Nintendo, the everything after, uh, Game Boys and such. Finally got into PlayStation and Xbox, and for many years I had both of those, and I'm not really into Nintendo now as much as I still love the company. So Sega, I had a very short time with. I had a Sega Dreamcast. I still have it. It works. I have still have games for it. Um, and I did play over at Friends House and Sense several of the Sonic games. I'm aware of the character, the mechanics of the games, the picking up rings, the speed, the different characters, and all that. I'm much more well-versed in the Mario Luigi universe if you want to talk about rescuing the princess, but uh, I have a, a little bit of knowledge about Sonic. Um, I've never watched any of the cartoons or anything else they've ever done with the character. It just wasn't my, you know, I, it came out after uh, my cutesy phase with video games, I guess. I still play Legends of Zelda stuff, so what does that say? Um, so I went into this movie. Um, honestly, real good friend of mine liked the sequel a lot. Uh, reviews tend to like the sequel, and I totally missed the first movie. I just really just kind of avoided it. I figured Jim Carrey would overact in it, and I would skip it. But I don't know, something happened, and I'm like, okay, well, enough people have said it's good, and the reviews are still, two years later, pretty good for this movie. I found a cheap copy of it on eBay and picked it up, watched it, and got ready for the new movie. And it's been sitting on my shelf for over a week. There were other things I wanted to watch. And and when I picked it out, I was like, ah, I'll start it. And if I'm not into it, I'll, I'll switch to something else. I'm in the middle of season four of Westworld, so I need a break from that for something light. And if this doesn't provide the break I need, I'll go back to Westworld or something. Um, so I started watching the movie, and I watched the whole thing. I understand the sequel is much longer film, over 20, 30 minutes longer. But um, I thought this was the right length. So for those that don't know much about Sonic the Hedgehog, I'd say, yes, it's aimed semi at a younger audience, but... I'm a big fan of Pixar and, and animated films that have layers that adults and kids can watch. And I've watched a lot of um, really supposedly great animation aimed at younger kids that didn't just satisfy me on an intellectual level or even much of an emotional level. They just kind of passed over me. And it it's kind of made me trepidatious to approach some of these more young-oriented films. It was nice that Sonic, I don't think, is aimed at kids. I mean, sure, there's stuff for kids in it, but this is also for adults who play the video game. Now, this is, I think, an, an all-ages kind of movie, even though you have an animated character as the this main character. Um, 
so not to get too spoilery with it, but an alien comes to Earth and he's really fast and um, the bad guys want his powers. It's a pretty simple fire starter kind of story. Um, he's a cute character, well-voiced and well-animated. There was a big thing on the internet when they first released a trailer and he didn't look anything like Sonic and everybody hated it and they went in and retooled it. I think he looks great. He even looks fairly real for an animated character, especially things like the tennis shoes when they do close-ups on that and he has to interact with people. They didn't do a lot of that, but that was pretty cool. I thought everybody in the movie was good, and I was totally surprised at how much I really love Jim Carrey in the movie. Jim Carrey, for a long time, um, made a career out of overacting. I, I think there's nothing wrong with it in the right, you know, Ace Ventura movies were, and The Mask were great because of that. But he doesn't always translate to other things he was an okay Riddler, I guess. He's not memorable as it. Um, his memorable film roles are less and less. I really enjoyed Liar Liar, but when I go back to it, it's kind of cartoonish. Um, and he took some time off, and now he's coming back in some interesting roles. This is what I expected to be the typical Jim Carrey. He's going to you know, walk right up to that line of good taste and walk right past it and overacting to create this, this grand character, and he didn't. I don't know if it's the director or maybe he's just decided, but he, he steps right up to that line and that's when the character, it, it stops and it's like, oh, oh. Um, sure, it's still a, a, a caricature of a, a villain, but it's interesting and he's got a, a layer or two and, he, and it's not so overblown and over the top. He's twirling that stupid mustache he has. It just is. Um, overall, I thought it was, you know, if you're going to have to play this cartoon character. And I remember back in the day when the, the a couple of years ago when the movie came out, well, Jim Carrey's just, you know, he's just doing this because it's a paycheck or whatever. Hey, Robert De Niro was Boris of Boris and Natasha in the uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. Every big actor has been in one of these kind of movies. Um, Dustin Hoffman was in Hook. You know, um, they've played these, you got big actors playing these caricature type roles. Um, Jim Carrey did a surprisingly great job as uh, Dr. Robotnik. I thought everybody else in the movie was good. Um, all in all, I'm looking forward to the sequel, actually, and actually kind of kind of felt heartfelt with that ending. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, this actually semi-tugged on a heartstring. Not in a bad way. It's just the whole thing is like light and refreshing like a 7-Up or a Sprite. It, um, it moves fast. It's uh, that fish out of water story. He's learning a little bit about Earth. He's really fast. They could have done a little bit more with the fish out of water, but it kind of refreshing that they didn't. Refreshing is a word I would use a lot about the film. It just, you know, it could have been so much less than it was. And obviously it was made by people who cared. I thought the 4K was spectacular. Blu-ray.com says it's a, an upscale, but some of the reviewers say it was finished at a 4K intermediate, which I would believe that. I would believe it is an actual 4K. It was pretty crispy. The Dolby Vision HDR was obvious from the get-go. There is a, a logo that is a bright royal blue against a vivid red background, and it was just striking. It was just like... Holy crap, I didn't know my TV could look that vivid. I mean, it was just bright with no noise in it. It, You know how 
if you have a, a TV that really crisp, bright when those HDR colors really kick in, this logo is just like, wow, that was that, that was worth buying the disc right there. That was, wow, the color. It, it was just solid and it looked great. And then you get into the movie. There's spectral highlights all over the place with like blue lightning and sunlight reflecting off things. A lot of the effects look really good. There's a few things that looked a little soft, but for the most part, the movie just, it it flows, it cooks. The way he interacts with the environment looks pretty solid 99% of the time. You know, as far as these kind of movies go, it's it's well done. A lot of care was taken with it. Um, I know a lot of people are very passionate about the character, and so your enjoyment of the movie may depend on how much you love or hate how they treated Sonic. But for somebody who has a fringe knowledge of the character, I found it a highly entertaining movie for the whole family that, that I, you know, would actually watch again. I found myself going, there's a few scenes in that, I, you know, that would be good showcases for 4K. And the Dolby Atmos is really great. He zips around all over the place. There was a, a scene where he, f- I guess he flies behind you and has to say something like, I'm okay, or okay, or whatever, but it's in the very, very back, and it was kind of the upper back corner. Um, really good. Just <laughs> tasteful sound mix. Uh, anything that needed to be in the front speaker was clear and concise, and you could understand the vocals and everything, but when it, it, it opened up into these big chase scenes in the open world, you really felt that sense of openness. Um, it just a really good sound mix in Dolby Atmos, so... Haven't really tried it in anything else. I did put in the Blu-ray because all of the extras are on the Blu-ray. If there's any complaints about this little package is you could have done a little bit more with the extras. I think there's a, 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 there is a great documentary about Sonic out there somewhere. They only did like six minutes. And mostly it's the cast and crew talking about the game. Uh, there were some historical things that kind of went briefly through the history of Sonic. But all of the extras just seem a little light. They're all good, and there's a lot of them. There's, I, I'd say there's well over an hour's worth of stuff, um, not counting commentaries or anything like that. But most of the things are six to eight minutes. Um, you get into Jim Carrey's character. They get into how they made it. Um, it would be great if on the sequel they put an extra on there about how they adjusted him for the first movie. And maybe they didn't have time to produce something like that. I don't remember anything like that on there. I kind of went through. Um, I did watch a few things. I didn't watch every single extra on there because just some of those things I wasn't very interested in. But uh, there's a good selection of extras. But so anyway, I put it in the Blu-ray and you could instantly tell that it wasn't the 4K. Um, the, the HDR colors just made everything pop, even in the menu even when you're switching to other things. And I I did watch a bit of the movie on Blu-ray. It just looked very flat and just very standard, like I was streaming it on a standard definition service or something. So high marks for the 4K and high marks for the movie. I really didn't think I would enjoy this. That's why I didn't spend a whole lot of money on owning the 4K. But now I'm glad I did, and I'm going to pre-order the the sequel because I heard it's pretty good, and it's got to look as good, if not better, than this one. So Sonic the Hedgehog 2020, I'll give it a thumbs up and... Looking forward to Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Scott Hamilton, I'm Rockfile. There are links below to my other projects. Thank you so much for taking my time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I hope the test worked out and we can listen to this podcast together. Have a great day.